Welcome to Eat, Drink, and Do Good, the monthly newsletter and now podcast from Studio Atau. I'm Jenny Dorsey, the studio's executive director. Every month, we bring you fresh op-eds from new and emerging writers from across the U.S., covering a variety of social justice topics that will encourage you to think a little more critically about the world around you. Each podcast episode features the writers themselves reading aloud their work, and we hope you'll learn as much from them as we did. Thank you for listening, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please also consider supporting us via Patreon at patreon.com slash studio that's studio A-T-A-O, or via one-time gift on our website at studiotau.org slash donate. I hope you love the op-ed today. The False Promise of Lab-Grown Meat by Sahil Sarkar. In 2013, a group of food critics and researchers gathered in London for a public tasting of an unusual hamburger. Grown in a laboratory from beef muscle tissue extracts, the burger was meant to show the world that lab-grown meat was real. Some critics agreed that it tasted like a real burger, while others deemed it close to meat. But what boggled everyone's minds was the money it took to produce, a whopping $300,000. A decade later, the meat industry, scientists and governments are betting on this expensive meat becoming the food of the near future. Globally, at least a hundred companies are working to commercialize lab-grown meat. In the US, big meat conglomerates such as JBS, Cargill and Tyson are buying out smaller startups or creating their own alternatives. In 2021, private funders pumped $1.38 billion into the industry and the US government invested $10 million into the National Institute for Cellular Agriculture. In 2022, lab meat products from Upside Foods and Good Meat got safety nods from the Food and Drug Administration. This isn't the first time meat alternatives have been touted to disrupt the industry. In the mid-2010s, soy, wheat, and pea-based meat substitutes entered supermarket shelves. But few Americans could afford them. The extensive processing required has made plant-based protein alternatives two to four times more expensive than standard meat. Given that lab-grown meat requires even more extensive technologies, claims that it can end world hunger ignore the cost reality that will keep it out of the reach of poor and food-insecure communities. If you're unfamiliar, lab-grown, also known as cultured, cultivated, or cellular meat, is made by extracting a small number of cells from the body of a living animal and proliferating them in a sterile environment with hormones and nutrients. As the cells grow and multiply, the resulting biomass can be turned into burgers, nuggets, etc. This process has been touted to eliminate climate warming methane released by cow burps, cut out other greenhouse gas emissions from factory farms, and reduce land and water needed to grow feed crops. The problem is, this lower carbon footprint is only possible when cultured meat is produced in a laboratory 
in small quantities. But to replace factory farmed meat that feeds the masses, cultured meat would need to be created in massive factories with bioreactors capable of storing tens of thousands of liters and a highly sterile environment, all of which is expensive and environmentally harmful. For the cultured meat industry to supply a mere one-tenth of the global meat market by 2030, it would need 4,000 factories, costing $450 million each. If those factories are powered by fossil fuels, they could produce carbon emissions comparable to or even greater than livestock farming, while doing little to reduce land usage for meat production. According to some estimates, lab-grown meat's blue water usage is actually higher than most farmed meat production. Then there's the growth medium, or the liquid in which cells grow. Currently, the industry relies on chicken embryo extract and fetal bovine serum, or FBS. The latter is an ethically contentious material extracted from the fetus of pregnant cows during slaughter that sells for over $1,000 per liter, meaning that it is both expensive and still requires animal slaughter. The high costs, environmental uncertainties, and ethical dilemma of lab-grown meat should prompt a rethink of whether it is the best solution to factory-farmed meat. Yet, the industry seems adamant to push on, asserting that cultured meat will get vastly cheaper in the coming years. Mark Post, the founder of Mosa Meat, claimed that by 2019, lab-grown burgers would cost $9.80 to produce, but didn't explain how he arrived at this number. Even by the best Good Food Institute estimates, the cost of producing one kilogram of cultured meat could only decrease from its current price of $22,000 to $6.43 by 2030. The fixation and resource dumping in lab-grown meats aren't without ulterior motives. According to a report by the Center for American Progress, Black and Hispanic communities in the U.S. already experience, quote, crisis-level rates of poverty and food insecurity, especially when compared to their white counterparts, unquote. By pushing to replace conventional meat with pricey alternative proteins and messaging these products as the savior for hunger, the meat industry is able to continue to entrench its control over our food supply. Rather than focusing on already available alternative sources of proteins that these communities have historically relied on, such as legumes, cereals, nuts, and seeds, or investing in ways to make food production systems more sustainable through tried and tested methods of regenerative and organic farming, the meat industry has been selling us a vision of more heavily processed foods. Such solutions leave food production highly dependent on a few companies that use patented technologies, refuse to disclose how their products impact the environment and crowd out more progressive food futures. In the process, they distract us from the opportunity to push for an equitable and sustainable food system that's attentive to the needs of those most structurally marginalized. To date, the promise of lab-grown meat is still riddled with expensive solutions and misleading claims far from being a source of food security or reversing the environmental impact of factory farmed meat, it furthers the risk of increased corporatization 
of our food systems. We must not fall for these greenwashed silver bullet solutions from those already in control. Instead, let's do the more difficult long-term work of investing in localized and democratic food solutions that center the voices of pastoralists, herders, artisanal fishers, and indigenous communities in the debate on meat, and shape public policies encouraging everyone to do their part in being more conscious of their meat consumption. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find all prior issues of Eat, Drink, and Do Good on Studio Tao's website at studiotao.org newsletter. I'm Emily Chen, the head of content at the studio. Every month, we'll be releasing a new newsletter and podcast with social justice analyses from new and emerging writers. Make sure to sign up for our mailing list and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to be the first to know on all new episodes. All of our contributors are paid for their time and work, so if you're able, please consider supporting us as a monthly donor via Patreon or via a one-time gift at studiotao.org donate. Thank you for listening.